0: other podcasts never keep their focus on their chosen subject matter this week we're going to talk about this subject but i want to talk about another subject as i'm going to talk about for three hours because that's what you don't want to hear and that's what we're going to be discussing we always make sure we stay right on top hold on hold on i'm doing a podcast F- up. TMA Studios. it's what you want What's up, Shootout fans? It's Chris Dickens, the owner of TMB Studios, and the episode you're getting ready to listen to is an unaired episode from January of 2018 with myself and the host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, that never made it to air. It was around the time of Touch My Bass Productions, and we never aired it due to it being a whole lot of things going on at the time, but we feel the time is right now to air this episode. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and go into this episode of the shootout that never aired from January of 2018 with myself and Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard. Enjoy.
1: It's time! What was the craziest thing? You ever did in the ring that people said, "Oh my God, that boy is stupid." Put over Brandon Parker. What? <laughs> no, no. I mean, because we did some pretty weird shit over there. I mean, me and me and Devin Wright at one point had a buff bitch match. With Whatever. Dude. A buff bitch okay. match. Damn. And he looked like the pig guy off of Captain America. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> that's shocked that's, that's, that's the fuck out of me, pal. Sure me too. One guy who's
0: just asking straight up questions to people and straight up answers is getting more hits than something that brings a lot of people back to their childhood. And, I mean, this is kind of funny. I appreciate that.
1: You ready? yeah. Chris <laughs> Dickens. Do we really have to go there? No, I heard Vince's comment about that. He said, hey, even God himself has a a sense of humor. You know. I mean, wow. Had to create a Christmas for Dwayne Dixon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) How many ring rats? How many ring rats did you have backstage? There were rumors about... How many ring rats wanted to get some... Wait, 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 what? Yeah, how many ring rats you actually had... Ring rats? Oh, Oh, God, Chris, educate what what ring rats are. Oh, The one, even Wolfcrawler turned down. Dale Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I hit another zinger right out the park. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow.
0: Don't forget, no, we no. have to put six over in the main event, because he the top guy, and, um, yeah. Well, Hogan must pose, you
1: know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Hogan must pose. I'll stand it, first. I feel like going to the mosquito show in Patriots part. Of, like pissing on the grave. That one, bro. The Shootout with Bill Blanchard! Alright, good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Shootout. Hey, I am your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, and tonight, <laughs> I'm still in recovery. I just had I mean, a major operation last Wednesday, so I'm kicking out for my fans here tonight. I'm, I ain't trying to go down to the screen, we had scheduled podcast and... Hey, I'm a competitor, dude. I'm going to try to get this thing done at heart. But tonight, I brought my brother back on the show. We want to try to continue his story when we quite left off. I'm bringing back the fighter to the end. Chris Tickens, former AWF Heavyweight Champion of the World and the former CEO of the Adrenaline Wrestling Foundation. He is also the CEO of Touch My Bass Productions, and we're going to be starting a new uh, production company. Some of you people might have already heard about it. We're going to touch it. We're going to touch a little bit about it, working with uh, Def Lot Productions, as you might have seen a couple of early shooter episodes if you're on Def Lot Productions, and we will be... Um, having more future episodes on Deflock Productions, as well as Touch My Bass Productions. With that being said, Chris Dickens, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having hey, me. Hey, it's
0: always a pleasure. I mean, if you have me on as a guest, and you buy me Chinese food... Hey, some <laughs> people get
1: steak, some people get barbecue chicken with you, Chris. I get Chinese. You get Chinese, yeah. <laughs> you bring out the Asian side of me, what but,
0: can I say? Uh, here's the th- I'm always on the show, but uh, when I'm the guest, I get <laughs> treated good. So, um, yeah, it's it's actually good to be back on the program. I'm glad you're actually doing a lot better. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what has happened to Mr. Blanchard, I'm going to go ahead and touch on it right now because as as owner of TMB and, um, you know, partnered up with Deathlock, uh. There was a lot of concern for Mister Bunch. He had a, uh, I think, it was a ruptured
1: hernia, Ruptured hernia,
0: yeah. um, and he had to have surgery for it a few days ago. Emergency surgery. Emergency I went to the surgery. ER
1: with severe abdominal pain, and that's the another tone. They're admitting me into the hospital, and they went to prep me for surgery. So it was kind of scary. So, know? so, but I kicked out, buddy. Yeah, I, I, um, he made it. I made survived. it through. Flying colors, and here we
0: are. Back and telling my story.
1: <laughs> well, you know it's it's, it's everyone's story. It's, you know they're they might, they're involved with the AWF and AWF had a lot of variations over the years. But you know the last time I had you on the show, we were talking about AWF Metro mm, in 2004. the two thousand four area. But now you know the Metro era has ended, mm-hmm. and now you're sticking out other things. And this time, for the first time ever, AWF is going to take place outside of what I did with the Marine Corps. But during the same time period, you decided to take AWF in a different area and rechanging the name, I guess you would call it a branch off if you would, DCW Dark Side Championship Wrestling. Is that what it was called? Well, it was actually just dark championship
0: wrestling, but I kind of like the dark side better. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, uh, this didn't happen overnight. Um, last time I was on here as, as a guest, um, we discussed what had happened with Flatline and, um had a lot of personal issues going on so I left the area and I moved to a um, location in South Carolina called Little Mountain. Now for those who don't know, uh, you you know Columbia is the capital. Right outside of Columbia is uh, Irmo and all them little towns and then you got Newberry (laughs) and Chapin. And in between Chapin and Newberry is Little Mountain and um, that's how small this town is. They have a webcam on their site (laughs) the whole town is in the shot of the webcam that's how small the town is you could literally sneeze and you would miss it um but i mean it's a little country town and you know it took a while to get this going i had to meet people and um get familiarized with some of the people up there and um one of the guys uh his name was tony metz uh who at the time was actually um a roommate with uh, with me and um Cheyenne. Uh we were all roommates together, just he was like big into wrestling and he but he was big into uh like Insane Clown Posse. And uh the Juggalo movement. So he introduced me to his friends who were also into wrestling. But different styles and different variations. So we we decided that we were gonna try to do something and um but nothing ever came to fruition um we actually had a piece of property we wasn't paying rent all we had to do was pay utilities uh land was really cool about that so we um built this makeshift ring in the backyard area uh, and was trying to get something going um but never anything never came through um and and this is the funny thing and th- this is where it takes a twist is um The person who helped launch DCW would be somebody that you would never have expected. Who's that? It it was a fateful phone call. I'll never forget it. Um, Actually, it was a fateful encounter. And uh, this person uh, just met their um, significant other, I guess you could say. And uh, we had ran into him one night. We had come down here to um, the Augusta area. We ran into him. And um, I told him what I was planning on doing. Like, Just let me know, and uh, I'll be up there. And uh, <laughs> um, well, lo and behold, I made the phone call, and they arrived. And
1: oh, well, yes, I was uh, going to ask that question because I know uh, uh, Justin Chambers. Was, That's true. Yeah, was him. Um, yeah, he told me. I knew I, he, he called me that night, told me about it. Um, we had a lot of stuff talking about with the AWF that was going on during the same year I was trying to get AWF worldwide. Going as I was calling it then, stupid name.
0: I came up with that name. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> there are a lot of rumors in the windows, Christopher, to why you left. Many people have said to me, at bars, at other wrestling organizations, whenever your name top top up, you were known as the guy who was seduced by the she devil to betray his entire brotherhood and up ship and leave. Okay. I mean, that was being said by so many people. Um, right now, I want to clear yeah, the those air. people have been on the show. Yeah, they have.
0: I'm going to go ahead and clear the air, okay? I left in 2004, not because of her. It was my own free will to leave, because at the time, it was like the world was against me, and I needed to change. And let's be honest, okay? Everybody needs a change of scenery every now and then. Everybody needs to go away and try to kind of discover themselves on their own without having the influence of everybody else around them. Brandon Parker was against me. Earl Mace was against me. All these people were against me, and it was like you know I had nowhere to turn. I even with even with you and Jay, y'all you, y'all said you were on my side, but at the same time with Jay Fury, Christian Fury at the time, there was there was animosity there too because of uh, personal situations that were going on at the time I don't have to get into those because I don't want to dig up old bones but I had nowhere to turn all she did was offer an opportunity to get away she was already out of the state she was already in Carolina she, she held her hand out and she's like here's your opportunity to get away and, and have a change of scenery I took it that's why I left now the thing about it was I, I left the go state ahead, ahead. I left the state but subconsciously, I never left completely because I kept a hold on the, the AWF part, the wrestling part. I would sit down and I would shoot promos and vignettes of wanting to take on Draven. I stole Draven's belt. I had it hanging on a wall. I had Draven's shirt hanging on a wall. I had this whole AWF poster hanging on the wall.
1: There were so much stuff going on and people you know, always talk about what's BS and what's real. You know, let's set the record straight. You got no reason to lie. Mm-mm. None whatsoever. You're not advocated, you know, or anything to cover up for anybody here. So I'm going to meet you straight up and ask you straight up honestly. Did you ever at any time sign AWF over to Liz Thomas? Because when you were left, people wonder, okay, who was really in charge? Is it Brandon Parker? Is it Liz Thompson? Is it Jay Garganis? Or is it Bill Blanchard? Okay, this is during a time period in 2005 when everyone all of a sudden claimed they had a piece of the pie. And then what was going to become a BWF. that's when DCW broke out. You know, I started doing the F-Worldwide, convinced Jay to work with me. Marker started doing his thing, and then he decided to cave in with Flatline. But at one point, everyone tried to make claim that you Hey, said no. Liz is in charge. No, I'm in charge. No, I gave it control <laughs> to Brandon. No, Brandon's not in charge. Screw it. I took it back from him. I gave it to Jay. No, and Jay doesn't <laughs> have the brains capacity. No, I'm gonna give it to Liz. You know what? I gave it to Liz to shut up all y'all's asses because y'all can't fucking get her no more. There's I mean, so much crap that going that went on during this time period. You know, set the record straight here. And during this time period, who really was in charge of AWF? Okay. I'm going to lie to you. I put my name in the hat, too. You know what? Fine. I'm going to start... I'm, and I'll start
0: Record doing Record straight. 2004, I didn't own AWF because in 2003, I disowned the original AWF mm-hmm. because of the situation, you know, with you know, Christian Fury and that whole mess. Um. So when I created AWF Metro, it was based off of the AWF name, but it wasn't AWF itself. It was a completely different thing. The original AWF... Yeah, alright there buddy. Right. <laughs> he just took a bite of his wonton soup and just like got this scowl look on his face.
1: Ooh, burn my tongue. Go ahead.
0: The original AWF was still under control of Jay Garganis at the time. Who? In 2002, in 2002 and 2003 actually gave control to Elizabeth Thompson. <laughs> at, just to just to prove a point. Who I continuously, you know, kept going to for this, this, this. I was like, okay, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. She says, you know what, I don't fucking want it anymore. Gave it back to Jay. <laughs> and then we're like, you know what, we're all a flatline now. So that's what happened with that. So Jay had the control. But he never knew he had the control. Um, At the time. Because everybody just assumed that Chris had power. I never had the power. I had power right of Metro. If you even notice that, uh, when I refer yeah,
1: to when you when you sit there and say AWF Metro, it's still AWF, but I would just doing Metro in there. I People would always refer to as it
0: as Metro. I never tried to refer to it at the time as anything else but Metro.
1: Listen to the promos. I know what the promos said, but I also know what everybody else said. Mm-hmm. You can call it Metro all long, but still, they still had the A-W-F, AWF thing.
0: I did that to give it a little recognition, uh, to to base off of stories, you know, and try to create something new from it. Because AWF was dead in the water. Nothing was going on with it. So I created Metro as an off shot of AWF. Used the original AWF as a story-driven component. I mean, when you and Jay come back, we combined it. And, you know, AWF
1: had their shoot matches. And then Metro had their, you What's know, thing, Halloween event. came AWFX. Mm-hmm. What we're going to get that. I don't want to jump the gun here, but like when you were... When all this was going on, until okay, you set the record straight on that part, you know, you were um, started doing something in Colombia. I did get the phone call from Justin Chambers. You know, it's him. I think him and David Clark went up there. You know, mm-hmm. wanted to wrestle. And we were talking about it. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly it was the uh, Vengeance pay per view. And then I think it was August 2005. Um, Backyard bout seven took place. Mm-hmm. I had three to four consecutive AWF shows. Jay was in Kuwait. I came back stateside and I started having shows at the Shooter Coliseum. I had four or five consecutive shows. Did you ever hear about those shows where you were? I know we talked very, very briefly. We were so hard to get in touch with you during this time. Because I was trying to keep myself scarce. Um,
0: because I already had encounters with Brandon Parker again. and I had encounters with other people. And, and these were the bad seeds I was trying to avoid. But their ties with AWF was still
1: there. So it was, it, I, got going. I got told... I got told to jump to your freaking house, threaten to kill you, and you got your freaking shit and cut the hell up out of here. And Liz came down there and picked you up and took off. And Jay told me to stay the hell out of it. I went looking for Parker and ready to kill him. Him mm-hmm. and Earl and Taylor think they had no damn business, you know, attacking you because of what some other bitch says. You know, but the whole thing was everyone's getting the stories twisted all around, which mm-hmm. all turned around and a bunch of bullshit. And this is what happened where different branches of AWS started to take place. You start doing DCW in Carolina. I started doing AWF again at my place and start having shows. So I'm mm-hmm. have a question. Did you ever hear about any of those shows? Any those matches? I heard about them. Um,
0: you know, I heard through the grapevine that AWF was still doing matches. And uh, it's actually how we came about, you know, doing the joint show for
1: Backyard Brawl 7. You mean um, Deadly Game? Was it Deadly Game? In the year No. 05? No, you wasn't there at Backyard Brawl Seven.
0: No, the one that took place at um, the old FCW arena.
1: That was Backyard Brawl, um Was that six? No, that might have been. Um, cause I know that might have been a part of Backyard Brawl Seven. It was. It like, was part of it. You know, you guys started to do like a two match show thing, which I was. We're gonna we're gonna get to there, try to figure out how that show came about, cause you know that was before Jay went to Kuwait. Mm-hmm. You know. Joe was supposed to face me real, then backed out and said he wanted to face you instead and I would get the winner. You know. I remember, you know, Barker was there that day, Mike Jones was there, mm-hmm. Tweeter was there, you know um, Taylor, was there. Taylor was there, Taylor was there, you know, Liz was there in the background, and this is in the, the background, that won't associate with nobody. But you showed up, you got in the ring with Fury, Mask Fury, you know, the guy mm-hmm. didn't, didn't the guy wear a mask. a mask. You know, you locked up with him. Immediately, you tapped out. You guys were doing some serious shoot-talking online, on the phone, in public, at the bars, everywhere else, everywhere y'all went. You were saying you were going to beat the shit out of him. He was saying he was going to beat the shit out of you. All that deal, you can't deny this. We all know about it. Can't deny it. All over her, over the list, and, and possibly control of A W L, whatever it was, wherever time was involved, you know. And you pretty much told me you ain't gonna just lay down to him, you're gonna freaking hurt the guy. And right when the freaking bell rungs, he grabbed you. you submitted, and that was it. And then immediately you went into sports entertainment matches. And I can hear Liz say in the background, Alright Chris, you came with what you wanted to do, now let's get the fuck out of here. And you said, No, we're not going just yet, we gotta do a sports entertainment matches. No, so what 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 Explain me, what the what, what the fuck? If I sit there and say you'll kick his ass, as soon as he touches you, boom. You just let, you just gave it to him at the time, I, I you know before before the event Abiti- because this was because if, you, if 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 y'all been following the story fans here, you know the fig famous in two thousand and you know four Chris Dickens fired, you know it was on Christian Fury. Was, was owned by Christian Fury and Daniel Mancop didn't put it on there as well, and then you were trying to lip some uh, cats out of bag by Christian Fury's personal life all this stuff was being going on. Now, granted, yeah, years later, you know, you gave Fury his receipt and the whole fired thing. And we're going to get to that in a little while. <laughs> that was awesome. But, you know, what was your thought process? Why would Jay Garganis put on there? I've always asked this for years. You always would laugh about it. He said it was something that had to be done. You know, he put on there, Chris Dickens fired. Fired from AWF. Because this, he knew- and, and bring back to my question, who the fuck was in charge? You was know, Jay in charge? Was Liz in charge? All of them would try to sit there and say they were freaking in charge. You know, I told Jay, you was kind of wrong for that dear dude. And he says, Kusher made his choice. He chose her. You know? Which is the
0: problem. Is he
1: chose her over friendship. He chose her everybody over Everybody thought
0: I chose her, and I didn't. I chose a way out to get away from it. Yeah, all. I don't understand. But, I, mean, but I still tied to, myself in. I was trying to tie this into yeah. what was going on. And, and this leads up to that moment, to that match, Okay. Yeah, I talked a lot of trash about Christian Fury, It was just mask theory back there. You know, the man who didn't wear a mask, pretended that he was a, a cover-up CIA
1: agent or something. I don't know. He was something. People um, say he would pretend to pretend to be your friend, pretend to wear the mask. And then you're not looking at the mask off, he stabs you in the back. That's you know, what some
0: people well, would say. Yeah, some people yeah, did say that. Um, but here, here's the thing. Okay, I did all that talk. I, I did a lot of it. Looking back on it now, I, I've even said this before. If I could go back in time to kick my own ass, um, but here's the deal, and it was an eye opener, and nobody opened my eyes up but me. I, I was, you know, doing the DCW thing, and we had like three shows um, before this event took place, which was the actual last event of DCW. And I sat down and I thought about it, and I'm like, okay. What am I going to gain from fighting this guy tooth and nail? Nothing's going to change. Everything that's going on now is still going to be the same. They're still going to say, I left because of her. They're still going to accuse me of this, or they're still going to say, I'm this. Nothing is going to change. All he wants to do is prove that he's bigger than me and better than me. That, that, Christian, that Mass Fury can still put Chris Dickens in his place years later
1: exact words was, Chris must be scared to death of me. He never tried to freaking pull my skills out of the clock like he did to you and Brandon. And he must be scared to death of me. That's why he, he fears Fury. That's why he's the most feared guy in AWF. Yes, he actually said that to me.
0: I fear rupturing hemorrhoids when I take a massive dump. I fear <laughs> farting in public and shitting myself. I don't fear Christian Fury. Okay? I didn't fear him. The thing was, is what was the point of trying to give confrontation? Okay, and I started thinking about this after I had confrontation with Brandon Parker for the second time. Because we went downtown and we we, we ended up in a confrontation with Brandon, which resulted in Liz and his girl at a time, Faith, fighting, and then cops and drama. That just lasted for months. It wasn't worth it. So looking at it from my vantage point at that point where me and him are going back and forth, me and Fury are going back and forth, I was like, nothing is going to change. It's still going to be the same story whether I win or lose. I could beat the crap out of him. You know what they're going to say? Oh, well, he just went back up there with her and all he did was just beat him down for her. What's the point? Uh, Chris is still a loser. Chris is still this. Chris is still that. Nothing would change, and, and he would still be talking trash. He would still be talking smack,
1: and it wouldn't matter to anything. So I don't know. I say if you beat the crap out of him, he wouldn't. Been, he uh, he still would have been
0: talking because I wouldn't have been there. I would have been in. Col- I would have been in South Carolina, and he would have been here. He'd be like, "Yeah, he got lucky on me."
1: That's okay. Oh, it, it wasn't fury. fury, you know. Jay, and it, would, it would be a, a vicious
0: him. cycle over and over again, and it wouldn't prove anything because everything would still be the same. People would still be saying the same thing about me. People would still be acting a certain way toward me. So it didn't matter. Okay. So when I got there that day, I told this to Liz. This is why the comment was made. Okay, you did what you said you wanted to do. Now let's go. I told her, willing up, I said, when this match takes place, I'm getting in there. The minute he puts a hold on me, I'm tapping and I'm done. Because I don't want a part of it anymore. That was why my go, separation.
1: Well, why, far? Why, 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 why give him the satisfaction? Well, here's the as thing: as well. is that we, saying, when I cool talk, when I
0: talked to you, we had agreed to do a joint show with DCW and AWF. That part right there was my separation from AWF. That was me going, okay, it's yours. I'm done. I'm walking away. Good luck. But still had the DCW show to do. That was my focus, was the DCW show. That's why we drove down there. It was the ability to get inside of somewhat of a ring and put on a show and, you know, kind of do something. Still ended up the exact same way that I didn't want it to with Brandon Parker going over there and pissing on my titles because I used his shirts to uh, make them with, which is pretty funny. (laughs) But, um... So you used his shirts to make them. I used his shirts and and then turned around and came out to his entrance theme. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Which was all Mike Jones' thing, God rest his soul, he gave me to see what the music said. Here you go, bro. Uh, you didn't get this from me, but uh, send the punk card. Which for me and Brandon, it was a personal thing. It was always a personal thing. So when it came to professional wrestling, or any backyard, whatever you want to call it, we would send each other punk cards. And it happened for years. It even happened when I came back down, um, which I know you want to get into, when I came down for Flatline for uh, Clock Strikes 12. Um, But with with Fury, with Jay, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I I didn't want to deal with him. I didn't want to deal with the whole AWF fiasco. I didn't want to hear his mouth anymore. And, And after that happened, he shut up. But then he didn't put up.
1: What do you
0: mean? You said after that he backed out of a match with you.
1: Yeah, he did. So He backed out. All of a sudden, he says, well, Russell Rose is not me no more. And he backed out. He got with his new girl, put on a bunch of weight, and I don't know. He just became an entertainer after that. He, never, he lost his competitive spirit. I don't know what the hell happened to him after that. I lost all faith in him at that, that time period. He like, just like, he lost his balls. My well, thing is, though... He always says when you pick her over him, that's what drove him to the edge to fire you. Now I'm curious in your thought process. What went through your mind? You're looking at the computer one day and you see your name and Daniel Maine took it, pasted it, and made it bigger. Chris Dickens fired from AWF. The first
0: thought in my mind was they couldn't have found a better picture.
1: <laughs> because
0: it just happened to be the picture that someone snapped to me where I looked so dumbfounded. And I'm yeah. You know, I had to laugh at it. I looked at it and I laughed. I was like You fired me from AWF and then Flatline acknowledges it. So basically what you did was you, you did this to get acknowledgement
1: from the competitor. It was the talk of the town. Yeah.
0: And that's the that's the funny but thing about
1: see, it. Jay went to them, threw A.W.F. belts down, and says, "Fuck AEW, fuck Chris Dickens, when is FCW starting back?" You know, this was going so deep. He was so enraged about your relationship with her, and he felt like you guys. It was friends a friendship. The- it wasn't a relationship in any way, shape, or form. But that's how he took it. He felt like he was manipulated, betrayed, and that's why he threw all AEW stuff down and says, "Fuck AEW, fuck Chris Dickens, when's FCW coming back?" And then Parker was, I think, was saying, they were saying a lot of people were saying, fuck Christy. That whole six flesh got blown out of proportion. You became a man of that country. You only had one friend on your side other than her, and that was with me. Mm-hmm. You know. But here's the funny thing. it. I had to cuss Jay out over the whole this is, this is This is what I Jay like. Jay says it had to be done. This is what I like about the
0: story, though. And, and I want you to think about this. I want everybody listening to think about this. Even when I left, even when I left, I was still the biggest name in the area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even when I left, I was the talk of both promotions. Even when I left, I was the biggest fucking heel in the CSRA. <laughs> I was the most hated. I was more hated than Ric Flair in his prime. Wow. So I must have done something right because I wasn't even here.
1: And Don't they were go still. work for Chris Tickets or he'll steal your soul. Oh. <laughs> I'm about to teach you how much teeth you have for someone the head general in the locker room to sit there and say some shit like that? All this shit was being. Yeah, you were the talk. You were. Come on, guys. We're not Chris Tickets. We're not if We can't do better. That shit was being said. Your name was being said all the freaking time.
0: I was the front page of both sites. Okay. It tickled me because I was like, I'm still fucking huge. And I'm not there. So it didn't matter what I did. You know? And and like I said, it wouldn't have mattered if I would have beat Fury or not. Everything would still been the same. But I just find it funny that I became... <laughs> Even after I left, Chris Dickens was a name in everybody's mouth.
1: Okay? What's that thing called? A model? A what? A model. model. But, um... When someone dies to become a martyr, a martyr, um, you died a villain, but remembered as the hero. Oh, I, I, I don't remember the exact people word. People still talking about. They're still you, talking like, about the legend you. Legend still lives on.
0: And that's the funny thing is, um, in two thousand three, I won uh, the right to be called the Legend of FCW. I leave in two thousand four, or in two thousand five, and I'm still the talk of FCW. I'm still the talk of AWF. I'm compared to everybody else, and my mantle basically is the basically the um, I guess you could say the measuring stick of where you should be because I did things that no one else would do. I created, I was the Eric Bischoff of my time. I created controversy that caused such a riff that my name and what I'd done. Just sent shockwaves through everybody and
1: everything. Now, for everybody listening, who all says, Chris Diggins is full of shit, Bill don't know shit, whatever, fuck y'all. I'm gonna sit the record straight here. Now, you created so much heat, right? Mm-hmm. But people said, oh, whatever, man, Chris is so fucking full of himself. Well, let's fast forward just a little bit here. Because, I mean, I remember 2005. It was 2005. Just 2005. You came down at a show, mm-hmm. clock strikes 12. You had so much freaking heat. They all knew because one guy was getting really big for his britches. Mm-hmm. He was getting an ego. We felt like things should go more his way. <laughs> Starting to piss off the promoter. Well let's see here, uh here we gotta come up with to get Mr. Parker back in his place here. <laughs> I got it, Daniel. Hold on, let me get off the can and I'll call him. You know? <laughs> Hello, Chris Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> And this is the funniest story
0: because I wasn't expecting this, and I don't know how they got my number, but they got my number. I guess they got it from C uh, from uh, CJ Justin Chambers.
1: Yeah, I get A. the call. JC the yeah. boy at the time.
0: I get the call from um, Eric Shrewell. from Eric Milford, and he goes, "What are you doing this Saturday?" I was like, "I don't know why," and he's like. I got a spot on the card for you for Clock Strikes 12. I was like, why would I come down and wrestle for Flatline after everything that's happened? Okay, I'm going to be blunt with you. We need somebody to put Brandon Parker in his fucking place. He's got such a huge head, a huge ego, thinks his shit don't stink. We need somebody to do it. And the only person that's ever been able to do it is you. Come pick me up. (laughs) That was it. And Your
1: buddy gets James Houston. Yes, and the funny thing I'm was at is, FCW champion. everybody's familiar with James.
0: Houston? Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody who's listening to this podcast knows he's the reason why we no longer censor cuss words. Um, <laughs> but I get to the show, that, you know, him and James Houston pick me up, get down there, and the first person that sees me is Brandon Parker. He goes immediately to Eric and to Daniel. What the fuck is he doing here? He's booked. Why? Because we recognize talent. (laughs) And then they go over the card. Parker's match is like the second match on the second or third match on the card with uh, Hardcore Andy Taylor. And then my match followed right behind him before intermission. And he threw a bitch fit. That's going to go to his head. That's going to cause him to have an ego. That's going to cause everything. And Eric Milford, to his credit, looked at him and said, you know what? Shut the fuck up. You're not the promoter. Shut him down. So the whole time I'm sitting in the crowd, and you were there. I was there. You know, I was there. Fury was there. Um, you know, everybody was there. Yeah, and I, I was in a
1: dark match that night. Yeah,
0: and it's <laughs> funny is that you know I kind of got a a semi warm welcome back. You know, uh, Bam Mike Margera he welcomed
1: me back. Well, I remember. I was happy to see. You, they were happy your to, to see me. Daniel May gave you one hell of a compliment during the actual Yeah, show.
0: It, when when it went down, I was in the crowd, and James Houston comes out and he. He's like, I challenge anybody out here. And then he goes and points at me, you, get your ass in the ring. So I climb in the ring, and as soon as I climb in the ring, Daniel starts telling my life story. And, you know, I beat down James Hughes, and we start getting into a drag-out brawl fight and uh, bring out a ladder, smack him with the ladder, go outside, grab a beer off of Daniel Mayne's announce desk, drink it in front of him, spit it in his face, and turn around, and he got back in the ring and gave the CDX to a standing ovation.
1: Yeah, I heard the crowd was going nuts, man.
0: And then I climb up on the ropes and I'm celebrating and all I can hear in the back is like commotion. I, I, even though the crowd was like, I can hear commotion in the back. And, and when I went back to the back to find out what the hell happened, everybody, uh, fucking Parker's not there. He's in his car. And I'm like, what happened? And they're like, oh, Brandon got fucking pissed. It was like, how dare you come back and steal his thunder? And Eric told him it was never your thunder. It's the company's thunder. He got mad when he slammed the door and got in his car. So, it was not a good feeling to put Parker in his paint well, It was a feeling. great fucking feeling, and it humbled him. Even to this day, he tells me that humbled him because
1: it just went to show that he wasn't bigger than everybody else; that he could always be put back down. Well, it's like on the same night. On the same night, you know, Fury was couldn't be part of the actual show. Was a. What do you call it dark match. It wasn't, it was gonna be not nice part of the show, it was just a match trying to get the crowd hyped up for the actual show started. Then, mm-hmm. on the same night, you match after Parker, though he's throwing the connection fit in the background. That's gotta make you feel, you, dude, honestly, dude, it's gotta make you feel fucking great. It
0: does because I show up and I end up in a match. And he was, you know, Christian Fury, he's in a dark match, and you know, Brandon Parker's in a match before me. But I got put on the actual card, and, you know, it showed them up, both. And, and, and the thing was is that, to me, at that moment in time, and I'm going to be point blank honest, Liz did not want me to go. She felt like it was a setup. She felt like I was going to get jumped. I told her, I have to do this. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you. So she actually told me when I come back home, when I come back to South Carolina that night, the door will be locked. My shit would be in the street. I was roommate. But when I got back home that night, she's actually sitting there going, how was it? And I was like, "Huh? Eh, well, yeah, I, I put Brandon in his place. And Jay got mad. She goes, good. I'm like, my shit's not out? She goes, no. Shut the fuck up. Go to bed. I'm like, okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> Went to bed. Um, but yeah, it, it was, to me, that moment... In and it of itself. Was like a culmination of a terrible fucking year. Yeah. It was. Um, it was. It was letting myself know that. You know. I still mattered somehow or some way. And. That's when I started thinking about coming back home. Um, but you know I didn't. Um, but DCW. After that event. I shut DCW down. Um, Were there
1: any, you know, let's talk a little bit about DCW here. Were there any good matches? I mean, I heard it was just a bunch of Halloween costumes. Y'all just got together, did some role-play, do a little, you create a character, Draco, and a few other little things. Riddick was involved in. That
0: That's movie. where Riddick was born.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean.
0: Um, just, Riddick was born out of DCW. And uh, the character, Draco, was actually uh, Tony Matz's character. Um... And I created the Draven ripoff. Um, I don't remember what the hell the name of the character was. But yeah, basically it was it was just like that. It was a bunch of guys who were throwing on masks and going in and wrestling. It's kind of like what UCW is these days. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> just yeah. a joke. I love UCW. Um, but that's kind of all of like it was. Arroyo, a bunch of guys, a bunch of masks just trying to... <laughs> yeah, the it's... three
0: faces of Foley. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But yeah, that's what it was. So uh, And I didn't feel it was going anywhere, and, you know, after the Flatline event, I was just kind of like, you know what, that was my culmination. I don't need wrestling anymore. And I kind of just, I shut it down. Mm -hmm. Just kind of walked away. Uh, Until, you know, when I came back down, um, it was like right at the tail end of 05. When uh, I came back down to Grovetown. And you found out I was there. And um, we were trying to hash out the uh, animosity between myself and uh, Mister Fury mm-hmm. because I was getting ready to go to Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you, we we went and uh, I talked to him, and we finally just squashed it. We said you were, were going to forget it, let it go, move forward. And we did. Um, it was actually no the end tail end of November, I think it was. I don't remember the name of the event.
1: Deadly Game.
0: Deadly Game. And, um, I remember that event quite well, because that was the event that I put, uh, <laughs> oh, Jed in his place.
1: <laughs> Jed, we, man, you and Jed tried to have a little, you know, Pow while opening promo. There's a lot of, we took a lot of heat for that show. Um, Flatline actually showed one to watch. you mm-hmm. know, They so found out I was there. They found out you were there, and let's face facts: for some strange reason, Earl kept wanting to get you in the match for Brandon's birthday. Now, what the fuck, dude? Okay, what was Earl trying to freaking prove? I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. I'm gonna do it for you, bro. I'm gonna do it for you. I'm gonna beat the shit out of him just for you, bro. Maybe later you can suck my dick afterwards. I mean, basically come on, that was man. it. Um, it is, and and. I have no
0: ill will toward Earl Mace these days. Yeah,
1: fuck Earl Mace.
0: <laughs> but apparently you do. Um, but that was the thing. Um, they knew I was there, and again, it goes back to what the fuck. Chris Dickens shows up to a bit vent. Oh, Flatline's got to be there. Flatline's got to show up for that. We got to see this. So, put my name on the marquee, and they will come. It's, that how it goes. That's I guess that's how it went. Um
1: CJ was post feeder that night as Justin uh, Spreewell uh, defending his Georgia Southern title, and all of a sudden he gets a phone call and says, "Hey, I ain't showing up, and was all fight like a here. I'm like, "Dude, just shut the fuck up. I don't care who shows. You know, me and Parker and Clark let everybody know. Don't try to start any fucking shit, man. We're here to freaking wrestle." You know, they're like, look, "Look, man, we're just here to watch. We're just here to have fun. We're here to watch, you know." And they all kept asking, "Hey, Earl wants to Russell Chris. Earl wants to Russell Chris." I was dead set against it, you know. Cause I knew I knew what that little fucker was going to try to do.
0: I'm the one that stepped up and said, "Let oh, it happen." I knew what he was trying to hey, do. Right at the get you know, he's throwing freaking pine cones at you, pine cones, mm-hmm.
1: and try to, you know.
0: I, I knew what he was trying to do. Uh, he was trying to win over Brandon's favor, and that's the thing with Earl. He was always trying to fit in. You know, he was always the outcast, so he's trying to fit in. He's try to try to you know showcase that hey, I'm a Parker guy. I'm gonna beat up Parker's uh, biggest enemy. And the Parker thinks seems back to Liz too, you know, just like I did with Jay. But Parker, it was a more personal level because I actually you know called out Parker on cheating on her like seven fucking times in uh, one year with seven different individual females. But, like I said, you know, few and far between. He's a changed man these days. I will give him that credit. He he is, um...
1: Yeah, I'll just him. keep my opinion shut on that one. Though, but anyways... He was a cheater, so was she. But hey.
0: Anyways, I mean, it, it, it was a two-way street. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. And, and neither oh, one of them...
1: Save me, save me. He's beating me up. Look. Etienne, Etienne. The,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that they'll both admit that it was a two-way street back then. And both of them... Agree that they were young and stupid and naive and dumb. Yeah, it's and funny it people a lot of back, Oh, I
1: was young and stupid back then, you know.
0: Jeez. And I was young and stupid back then, too. I put him over.
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> the craziest thing Chris Dickens ever did over in life, he puts over Brandon Parker.
0: Even craziest thing I ever did was tapping out Christian
1: Fury. Well, that wasn't crazy. That was just... Well, anyway. Back to the story. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, isn't it?
0: Mm hmm. Uh-huh. Anyways, I knew what Earl Mace was doing. I agreed to it. Let him have his little shining moment. And when he when he was done,
1: flatline left. But for the moment, you realized he wasn't selling for a using a fight. Oh, I knew real. it. I knew it. You you, you, you got yourselves like so to get knocked out so the match could be stopped. Mm hmm. You know, once you realize-
0: Actually, actually, and this is the beautiful thing about now. Is I could talk about it now, and what repercussions do I have? I faked that knockout. Y'all heard it, folks. He
1: faked it, getting knocked out.
0: <laughs> Ain't the first time I've. Remember, ladies, it. he's a faker. <laughs> I will fake. Joe, oh, shut up. No, I'm not letting. Uh, I'm not letting Joel Gertner come out right now. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, I, I faked being knocked out because I knew. The minute we started the matchup, and he's throwing pine cones, and I throw a couple punches, and I'm looking at him like, Why aren't you selling? And he goes, This isn't a wrestling match, bitch. I'm like, Okay. This you is should have going.
1: freaking screamed my damn name. I went there and beat that little bitch's ass. I let him have his. Mosquitoes. Fuck you, Earl! <laughs> I let him have
0: it. You know? I let him do his little thing. And, and let me put it like this uh, about Earl Mason, his punches. I've had mosquitoes pop
1: me that hurt worse than that. Um. Chris Dickens can hit harder than that. Yeah, I know about it. I think um,
0: Bayashi hit harder than that. Damn. Christian Fury's career had more impact than Earl Mace's fist. Damn. Okay. So, it was like Hit Me With A Pillow. Justin Hollywood's
1: got more balls than Earl. But, that was the whole thing. I wanted them gone. What's that piece of shit doing nowadays anyway nothing Earl? I don't know yeah fuck you continue
0: um probably love with Parker I don't remember but you know I wanted flatline gone I knew all they wanted to see was me get beat down. So like a good entertainer I made them think I got beat down and then they left. And then I well, got, we got
1: mad because me and Jay was going to do a tribute match for uh, Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, but we just found out he just passed away, and we decided to do a tribute match, and they said, oh, was way too soon, and they all got back. Ah, fuck y'all, I don't give a shit. That was a good match we did for Eddie and It Benoit. was. It was. You know, and um, although Benoit hadn't passed away yet, but it was just, you know, Eddie and Benoit were good competitors in the ring, and me and Jay were going to go out there and try to wrestle. And we and, did a good match. And yeah. I, I, I applaud both
0: of you for, for that, you know. And as she said, is that they don't recognize that. That was the care.
1: last time we saw you for a while,
0: for almost, almost two years. It was. I um Actually, it was a year. I left. Well, you
1: left the end 05. You're going all of 05, 06. All of 06. So see began at the beginning of 07. So January it, 07. It was over a year. Yeah. You know, when we had the first, you no. Know, we had to you want to end it here? Do you want to continue in 07? We, we, or you we, wanna, we can uh, continue
0: a little bit of 07. I mean, it's fine. we still got. We still got a little bit yeah, of Yeah, actually,
1: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll tell you what, we'll, we'll ask some uh, some rumor ending window questions. I want to okay. talk 2007, ABFX right. for a separate show. Cause, okay. Because we got a lot to talk about, but not only just ABFX, WFJ, Shock Value, and some other parts of Flatline and some mm-hmm. other uh, political bullshit that was going on at the time. So we'll keep that for a separate show, ladies and gentlemen. But you know, let's let's ask some questions here that people, at Chris Dickens you know, really, really, really want to know.
0: Okay. All right. Right. Now there are questions up. people want to know about. Oh, of course, okay. of course, of course, of course.
1: You know. Um. All right. Let's see where what what are we do to begin. Well, you know, okay, what... what Great what? questions, I appreciate No, 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 <laughs> no, picking, no, picking. no, I'm just trying to re- re- read all these questions, because some of these questions are legit bullshit. I don't think you really want to know. Reward in the window is when Twitter hit one of your ball sacks and everything, you had to get a testicle replacement. True or false? False. False, exactly. It's so like I said, I don't want to read all these bullshit questions. You know. <clears throat> but, um... What was more hurtful, Parker or Fury? What? What was more hurtful, Parker or Fury? The whole, because they all felt like you betrayed them. You feel like they betrayed you. You know, the whole scenario. You are really tight with both of them. Well, you know, you know, um, and I know so much bullshit was going on because I was really an ending of an era with you as far as that goes. I mean, let's be honest. I know you sit there and say that you and, you know, Garganis, Mask Fury, you know, like the guy didn't wear a mask since y'all patched things up, but dude, y'all really did patch things up. There was no. so much freaking animosity, you know, between y'all there. You know?
0: And it actually led to Parker and uh Mr. Garganis actually becoming close friends as well. Well they didn't become close at friends. Time. They
1: they, they not even at the time, dude, I was there. Okay, okay. They realized they realized they came to the conclusion that they were played for by a fool. But the fact is I can't trust this guy to work as, you know, if he did it once, I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. you know. And but they, they, they you know they got to the point where they could be in the room and be civil they could be in the locker room and be civil if they had to get out there to be in the match, they could freaking do it without they gonna to go to bars and drinking together yeah, probably mm-hmm. not but they could be civil to say, the same room that's far as close as they've gotten though you know
0: um no honestly they both were equal. I couldn't hold one over the other.
1: Um, now, judging both of their careers and everything at that point, though, now, this is 2005, okay, 10 years, 10, 12 years later, both of them have impacting careers, at that point in 2005, not knowing what you know now, but going back then, who did you thought had the closest to actually making it in the, on the indie scene because both of them were obviously were heading in that direction, though? Brandon. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, Without no a idea shadow idea of a doubt. My brain was going so fast. Because uh, even even
0: at the time, you know, Fury didn't he didn't know himself. He didn't find himself. Parker was you know discovering who he was as far as his character goes. Wow. Um, Christian Fury was still kind of iffy on what he wanted to do, and, and you can see it and you can feel it. Uh, uh, even even when he did the the whole mask character for Flatline to bury uh, the. and just Yeah. Yeah. And he, kept, uh, he he held that as a crutch for so many years. Chains buried six. James is one of the biggest names on the damn book. But what happened with Christian Fury? What happened with Mask Fury? Oh, Fury, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Um, He didn't know his place. He didn't know where he wanted to be. Parker had a full-fledged fucking shot of what he wanted to do. And he went for it. And he had he it full swing.
1: So I mean that's, that's... But even back in 2005, you felt like Parker knew exactly who he was and what he wanted to do. He
0: he had a, he had a straight line of sight of where he wanted to be and what he wanted to do. Christian Fury, Jay Garganis, uh, Mass Fury at the time, uh, he didn't know where he wanted to go. I mean, you said it on here just a second ago that he backed out of a match with you. Um, no, there I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, but he did. He he he, he, he wanted that. Sports entertainment. He but he still didn't wrestler. know
0: who he, he was. He, or... he,
1: he, you know, I don't know. He was wishy-washy at that mm-hmm. time. I mean, I'm not... I'm and not you, can't of, him. you can't uh, make a career out of... You can't make a career out
0: of being a Maytag washing machine, okay? This, he,
1: he did not want to take AWF to the next level. He wanted to go into himself. He wanted to work with Flatline. He, he saw great things with him, you know. But that's just it. But Parker,
0: before he went on the independence. They took Flatline to that level. They knew coming together as a cohesive unit, if we make the promotion big, we take it to that next level. We can take ourselves to that next level. That's what they did. Jay didn't want to take AWF to the next level. He wanted to focus on himself. That's a selfish person who will never make it.
1: Well, I mean, that's all up for interpretation. I mean, I was put on this during a time period. We get ready to do a show, and Jay would cancel the event in the last minute. Mm-hmm. This during this time period when this started. I actually had a board, and in, t- in 2005, I had a wrestling board put together, and we had, we did five consecutive shows before it fell apart because Jay didn't like the board members. You know, I had myself, I had David Clark, I had Brian Clark, and I had CJ was kind of mm-hmm. like a part timer. When CJ wasn't there, I had Birch there. You know. Jay did not like Brian Clark. He would sit there and might tell you a different story today. I'm saying what he said that that time period. He blew a fit at the damn bowling alley one night. Because, you know, we were trying to discuss business. David and Brian and Birch and even Taylor showed up there. And we needed to discuss business. Jay shot his mouth off and Brian told him, you better get the fuck away from me if you know what's good for you. Jay walked away. Brian took that as he punked out Jay. You know, just like, I told you this part wouldn't work. I knew it wouldn't work. Fuck it. You know, Jay, once again, wanted to be in charge, full, fully in charge. David got pissed off and quit. Brian got pissed off and quit. Where did Brian go? Flat, Flat line. line. You know, CJ went. Flat, Flat line. line. You know, and then it was just me and Jay. Birch went out to do it all together. That night when Jay shot him, knocked off of the bowling alley. That and was the innovative F. And he did. Right beginning of uh, 06 after that deadly game, we took Christmas out. January, we get to get started here. And like I said, we, we all freaking we met. Jay Shaw's mouth off at the bowling alley, threw his arms up. Brian told, him, "Get the fuck away from him if you know what's good for you." Jay left, and they all said they were done. David says, "Fuck it, I'm done." Everybody said the same thing. David went to go do his own thing, and Brian went to work for Flatline. He was with Flatline for two years. Mm-hmm. Had security. Had security, and he was hauling her truck, and he was actually being a business part of it, you know, trying to. And me and Brian said they couldn't get their fucking shit together. You know, me being a loyalty to Jay at the time, you know, I just I couldn't get it to work. And every time we would try to do a show, Jay would cancel it. So, yeah, during that time period, I didn't know what the hell was going on with Jay. And and even in his day, he probably couldn't tell you what was going on with his mind back then. The mm-hmm. day of the show, he called me up. Man, I just don't feel like doing it. I'm like, dude, we found Ben Hill. Ben Hill was booked to wrestle David Clark for the 8th heavyweight title. They agreed to come back the day of the show. Well, they need to call me then. I'm like, Jay, I got him right here. They want to do the show. Well, they need to speak to me. Other well, than that, I'm not doing the show. Yeah, Ben, like, all right, well, face again. Then he leaves. And then David left. And that was it. At that point right there, I was done with AWF until you came back in 2007. Yeah, that's when I told you yeah, if you can really keep if you can get a show together. Because Jay had burned so many bridges, not just what happened with you. You know, he burned a lot of bridges with a lot of people during this year. Yeah, that's when him and his, you know, now wife got together. Which I'm not trying to put his personal laundry out there like that, but you know, like I said, when you and Jay stopped being friends that year in 05. A lot of people in that area broke ties with Jay. And a lot had to do with with Liz and another woman. You know, it's it's kind of fucked up. Granted they're all friends now water under the bridge, but they're not time period. Yeah, HBF was like dormant stopped. And it wasn't nothing I could do. You know. But back to what you were saying your career it is though, like I said, you mentioned that Jay and Jay Brandon would Brandon probably would have gone further. You know, but what were your thoughts? During this time period, you had a young career with CJ. You had a young career with Andy Taylor. You saw where Milford was going. This is the time period 2005, and all those guys I mentioned between you know Milford, even Daniel Maine, even Daniel Peterson, Brandon Parker. You know CJ went Tweeter. You know, 10 years from now that you thought any of those guys would have made it. That you knew that you knew now, not what you know right now. Think back to your mind 2005, and those group of guys. Who you thought would have had the most impact in professional wrestling in this area? Honestly,
0: I never saw, at the time, I, I never really thought Flatline was going to go any further than what it was. Other than um, Fallon's backyard? Other than Fallon's backyard. Um, and, and the point was is that I knew all the egos that were involved. I mean, I knew everybody had a focus, everybody had a goal. They wanted to make Flatline better. But it, it goes back to, you know... The, the the egos, we knew Parker had an ego. That's why I was brought down. Daniel had his own way of doing things, and sometimes him and Milford would never see eye to eye. Uh, and they were supposed to be in business together. Um, you know, Justin Chambers, just to his credit, you know, great guy, but he has an ego himself, and he, he will veer off the path to focus on, um, you know, pushing himself higher. Um, all of it, even Taylor. Taylor himself just proven on his podcast he thinks he's bigger than life. Um so I never saw them going no further than where they were in Fallon's place. I thought that was the highest they would go. They would have shows that were successful, selling concession, make a little money, and then, you know, things would fall apart as they always did. Uh nowadays, you know, looking back on it, I I, I kinda look back on it now and like, you know, I was kinda wrong about that. But the thing was is that they had met the right people at the right time who got them their opportunity. They they may have put their name out there, but that opportunity didn't come from, you know, their full hard work alone. And, you know, they, they had the right people at the right time, and they got the right opportunities, and they now, were able to make something out of it. Let
1: me ask you this question. Now, I, now I'm, I'm not getting into 2007 or 2006. You were in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've had to be watching a little bit. Online. Oh yeah, uh, you've had to hear some things going on with FCW mm-hmm. in 2006 and hitting it, hitting at Patriots Park. Yeah, and having some success. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, it took me a couple of months
0: before I was able to get on my feet and you know get everything I need, and that's when I discovered um, MySpace. Everybody, that that's like a relic now, um, but. You know, MySpace was huge when it comes to communication. That's how I was able to communicate with you guys. Uh, but I, I started noticing Flatline, and I went to Flatline site, and you know, I saw um, R- Matt Chat with Watson Rocket,
1: <laughs> and oh, yeah. they were covering. Not they were
0: covering. Uh, yeah, it was Stony and Joko, and they were covering what was going on in Flatline. And you know, I, I saw the article for Columbia County News
1: Times uh, about Flatline. Hey, Bill um, Mitchell had the same thing. You want to wrestle? I that was in 07, actually, but go ahead. Yeah, but, um...
0: The thing was, is, you know, I saw their rise. And, uh, at the time, I was, uh, trying to get something going again because apparently my stepfather, uh, his family had a lawsuit settlement going on. Uh, wrong that. Wrong for death. And it was supposed to come into a little bit of money and he, he had promised me some. So, I had partnered up with, uh, Michael Jones, Bam Bam Margera, Mike Margera. And uh, we were going to launch Blackjack Pro Wrestling.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) And it
0: was supposed to be a joint thing. It was supposed to be uh, a Georgia division and an Arizona
1: division. And I told him. (laughs) I mean, 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 this is how I found out this story about what you're about to say. About Blackjack and AWF. I tried one last attempt to do a show. And this is the part where I didn't forgive a lot of people for a long time. I was so upset. I must have spent over $120 in food. I had everybody over, bought parts for a ring, had a show booked up. And everyone showed up there and says, oh, we're just here to watch. I'm like, guys, I booked a wrestle. Jay really let me down. Oh, I'm just here to watch. I'm not here to wrestle. Dude, you're booked. I had you booked in a tag match. Oh, I'm just here to watch. Everybody no problem. eating bought my freaking food. And that's when I first heard your name. I was just sitting there, man, watching everybody just eat, eat the freaking food I bought and everybody was talking about Chris Dickens and then Mike was telling a story about blackjack pro wrestling and you gave him to go ahead for blackjack pro wrestling and he started um advertising. Which Black I told Jack him not to fuck. And then all of a sudden he gets a phone call. Go ahead. <laughs> I told him not to advertise.
0: So I didn't have the money. I didn't know when the money was coming. We all know lawsuits, how they go. I just knew that it was coming within uh, um, a few months. Did you ever get that money? No. Okay. I got cheated out of that. Um, yeah, that's a real bad story. It, it came, you know, the money came, but I saw $200 out of it. Mm. Where, you know, my sister saw more than that. But anyways. I
1: gotcha, I
0: gotcha. I told Mike not to advertise. I said, don't advertise this till." Money's in hand, and I can send the funds down to take care of business. What's he do? I see a flyer. Blackjack Pro Wrestling. Locomotive versus Murder One. Mike Margera versus this guy. Call him on the phone. Why did you advertise the show? Well, I thought that's what I was supposed to. No, motherfucker, I don't have the money. I can't promise you that we can put the show on. And... Uh, it was shortly after that that I just kind of put keybosh on
1: all of it. Um, because... Well, didn't... Now didn't you guys make the call the new Jack? New Jack calls mm. Mike. Mike thought it was you doing the rib.
0: That was later on
1: 2007. But I was in 2007. That was Blackjack for wrestling, though. That was AWFX. F- sure wasn't AWFX. It was AWFX days. Mike called, called up <laughs> Cuss. That anyway. was A- that was AWFX days. Because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you booked the damn show like what fucking show? You ever you, you emailed this guy. This guy actually called wanted one in $1,000 for the road trip. That what was you
0: know? AWFX days. Uh, I'm just getting this real quick. It was 2007. We had just got done doing the show up in uh, Thompson at the uh, SWF Arena. No, it was it was because we were talking about how AWFX was going to grow. So, I was online and I was looking up independent wrestlers, see how much they cost and New Jack's name popped up. And, uh, I just said an inquiry, uh, just inquiring how much um, would you charge uh, for um, an appearance or whatever. Uh, contact Michael Jones, left his number. And um, a few days later, um, Mike comes to me goes, goes, uh, I got a funny story. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He goes, um, guess who called me on the phone? I was like, I don't know. Brandon, Jay, Too Fairy, Who? new jack I'm like Are you fucking serious he said I thought it was a rib it was like 12 o'clock midnight and um, the phone rings I answer it and he goes yeah this is new jack he's like yeah what the fuck ever hung up on him <laughs> calls him back he goes why the fuck did you hang up on me he goes, this is a rib this ain't new jack. this is fucking new jack oh shit <laughs> so he says like oh shit I got new jack on the other line Apparently, New Jack was going to charge $1,000 for an appearance. Uh, $500 there, about on the spot before he showed up. 500 after he did the show, plus room and board, plus travel.
1: Like that.
0: And he was coming from <laughs> he's coming from Pennsylvania. Um, and Mike Juden down to like $700. I thought, I was, I'm not fucking paying him to come down here. He why? I was like, number one, he's going to show up. He's going to see that we're inside of a makeshift ring. <laughs> I mean, if it was Vampiro or one of them, they would have been like, fuck yeah, let's do this. I said, but it's New Jack.
1: Right New there, Jack's going like,
0: to be like, these motherfuckers ain't got no money. I'm about to mass transit, these bastards? <laughs> so... I would have laid in a heap of blood, because it would have been my name on the thing. <laughs> Everybody would be like, this was Chris Dickens' idea. Fuck that. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 was the story on that. That was uh, 2007. Um, the people he had booked for a, uh, Blackjack Pro Wrestling was people he had met on the independent scene. Um, you know, Murder One, Locomotive, uh, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but it's the guy that uh, helped train AJ Styles. Um it was a bunch of guys that he had met through the years that he would he booked and um, I told him I said I don't have the money for this I don't have it yet and you've already set a date and a commitment and I can't you know make this happen so he cancelled the show and I cancelled Blackjack there's still remnants of Blackjack online though you can still yeah. find logos and stuff yeah, for Blackjack it. Pro Wrestling online Which is weird. It's still, you know, it's still a viable property if uh, anybody ever wanted to uh, bring it to life.
1: Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all the time we have for this week. This is another continuation story of Christopher Dwayne Dickens in the wrestling shootout. I have been your host, Survivor Payne, Pain, Bill Blanchard. When we come back, I will, I've i got new guests coming onto the show. I've got, stay tuned for Glenn Bell. Stay tuned for Jeremy Cruz. I've got many, many more after that. But we will continue the great story with Christopher Dwayne Dickens. And when we come back with Christopher Dickens, we're going to be talking about 2007 of AVFX, the introduction to Chris Dickens meets Charlie Anarchy. We're going to discuss how Chris Dickens gave the receipt to Christian Fury, Mask Fury, the guy who, who didn't wear a mask, who fired him out of AWF. This was Chris. We're going to tell all the freaking great background stories. And how also, Chris Dickens did a complete shoot to the old Flatline, went to the old Flatline backyard, went to the Flatline Arena at Patriots Park, and did a complete shoot interview and the real story, the real motivation behind all of that. We're going to be talking about Don't Feed Trent Day. All that took place in 2007. So many year. great, wonderful stories. You know? That was a great year. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting year of professional wrestling in 2007. Also, we're going to hear about, He's not fucking trained! And got booked <laughs> in the United States, title a match of Brandon Paradise with WFJ in front of Mask Fury. He didn't wear a mask. But when he put on a mask, he was just a manager. All that great story. He's not trained! special edition of 2007. <laughs> we will discuss the next time we have Chris Dickens on the Wrestling Shootout. Chris, one last final words for the wonderful wrestling fans out there. Ain't that train! Oh my God, good Oh God.
0: <laughs> Who cares? I killed it. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> the guys stay tuned for it. It's going to be a wild one.
1: Oh God! We're gonna tell. We're gonna tell all the all, all the Eat that tree! <laughs> special edition, of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill Blanchard. This is Chris Higgins. We'll see y'all. <laughs> <later. laughs>